When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is January 31st in the year 2020. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast talking about SmackDown Live on Fox Super SmackDown tonight. Oh, oh, tonight. Matt Morgan with me as always. Uh, Tonight's show, Matt, do you think they'll remember it more in the annals of history for Braun Strowman winning his first singles title or the dog food segment at the end of the show? Neither, honestly. Really? Well, because the singles... Like people on Twitter were saying, oh, Matt Morgan will be happy. Braun Strowman finally won a singles title. No, Matt Morgan won't be happy until he wins the world championship. And then I'll still say, yeah, five years too late. Yeah. Um, and the dog food stuff is part of the course. We, they will not stop their obsession with it. And when I, when I saw Roman Reigns, like, they continue to write the big dog in the corner of the TV screen whenever Roman Reigns is out there. They, they have this obsession. It's weird. And all I could think of, Matt, in that last segment was there's Roman and the Usos pouring the dog food on Baron, and and they literally got it on them. Roman and the Usos mm-hmm. got dog food on them. And I was like, you're breaking Matt Morgan's cardinal rule, the number one rule, don't get any on you when you're doing these crappy segments. And they literally yep. did. They physically did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy. Uh, so let's talk about tonight's show. We did open with Roman Reigns coming out to uh, Good Pop. Weird that they called it Super SmackDown in honor of the Super Bowl. This didn't really feel super. I mean, no special guest appearances. Nothing really crazy. Nothing super about it. Yeah, super in name only. Um, So Roman came out, joined by the Usos, get a great reaction. Of course, they're interrupted by uh, King Corbin, Bobby Roode, and Dolph Ziggler, setting up the six-man tag for the main event tonight. And uh, they kept re-showing the dog food clips uh, from last month and tonight said there will be a stipulation. The loser will have to eat dog food. Now they've been doing this on live events at house shows. Uh, so this was the stipulation for the match tonight. If you're a casual fan and you're over the age of, let's say 12 years old. Oh, okay. Uh, if you saw that the, the last match of the night was going to be, Oh, the loser's going to have to eat dog food. Like, would that make you want to stick around? No, I would think to myself, I thought WWE was supposed to be this overly PC company. Um, <laughs> and just uh, this would be something that is beneath them at this stage. This is something that I could see the WWF doing in the 80s and a feud between Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Rowdy Piper at Madison sure. Square Garden on an off brand, on an off TV night. Uh, back in the up Northeast, we used to have MSG wrestling. On channel 36 that would come on i believe every thursday night i believe when i was a little kid and piper and hogan would always close the show generally for i mean for a few years actually and this seems that would be the step for that match at that time period not in you know the year 2020 not that eating dog foods any less embarrassing obviously but just that it's so corny and i don't care um i can't do you want to take a stab at this guy? Yeah, name? I'm going to say Hajulashi. Oh, ha- I'm going to say Hajulashi. Hajulashi. For $20. $20, $20 super chat saying the Wink podcast is better than actually watching SmackDown. I really do agree with that. But <laughs> I may be partial. I mean, I don't know if you, if you have this sometimes, but here's here's my definition of how I look at the podcast versus the WWE programming itself. If I'm watching WWE programming and all I'm thinking about is, oh, I can't wait to see what happens next. Looking forward to this match. Oh, that was a great move. You know, uh, and I'm really engrossed in it. I'm like, okay, this is a really, really good show. If I'm watching the program and I keep thinking, oh, I need to bring this up later on the podcast or, oh, make a note of this uh, because I can riff on this or sort of make fun of this. Uh, If I'm thinking already about what the podcast is going to be, the show has lost me most of the time. All right. I have... If when the smack when Raw or SmackDown is really good or NXT any wrestling show that we cover is really good, I'm ecstatic to you know and super psyched to be able to go do the show, and can't wait to talk about it. Right? Yeah. 
and see what you guys thought of it and then you know whatever all right or when the shows suck i'll be honest i don't want to do this podcast because i'm recovering something that i think is a train wreck or it's terrible or it's i'd rather watch paint dry because then cover and give any kind of credibility to the bleep we just watched because i feel like they don't they don't they take it they take it for granted they take us the viewer for granted and it just keeps smacking you in the face from time to time and it really gets frustrating it does get so frustrating and now that we have like more of a personal connection with our viewers it then now becomes you know what i might be tired that show sucked but you know what we got to give these people something because they just got screwed for the last two hours yeah we gotta make chicken uh chicken salad out of the chicken shit that was just on their tv screens and as I'm thinking about it, uh, I've never actually watched Paint Dry. Maybe that would be worth giving that a shot one week. What about to... Chicken Bleep? I never. Now I understand that that's a nice play on words, but who who thought of that and was like, "This is well." I guess though, the longer time goes on, the more it seems fitting. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It started as clever, and now it's true, which is sad. Um, Okay, here we go. Number one contenders fatal four-way for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Heavy Machinery versus The Revival versus The Miz and John Morrison versus Lucha House Party. I don't know how Lucha House Party got into this equation, by the way. You know, I was ready to kind of rip on that a little bit and go to the easy joke, like, oh, my money's on Lucha House Party. But I got to say, Grand Metalik really yeah. kicked ass Wrong. tonight. He uh, looked great in this match, and I wouldn't have been disappointed by the end if Lucha House Party would have got that opportunity. I would have. Really? We were just rooting for the underdogs just for the sake of rooting well, for the underdogs, right? Do, do you really? These guys that get made fun of the most and don't get taken serious the most. Because to an extent, I don't think New Day is going to drop the titles, even to Miz and Morrison. So I think that if it's just going to be a showcase match, and it's going to be fun. Why not Lucha House Party? I mean, uh, especially if it's going to be a really, really good match. I think Miz and Morrison might be more competitive. I think they're going to win the titles. You do? Mm-hmm. Uh man, New Day. New Day's in an interesting crossroads right now, I feel like. Why? They don't need these titles. They don't, but I mean with Xavier Woods out, Kofi having lost the championship still, I feel like he hasn't fully rebounded from that with the standing. I mean, if you know, to quote Raj, uh, who can't be bothered on a Friday night to do this podcast. No. Uh to quote quote Raj, uh, if ever there was a time for a biggie singles run, I feel like uh, now would be a good time sure. to do that. I, I agree. I, I think for quite a while it's been the time for Big E to have a singles run. That guy's a you know a, a potential future world champion. We've got Amin Jassim uh, donating two dollars a super chat, and uh, they wrote "Man Show." Otis is a gem though. Love the pod guys. Ah, oh, we're pod guys. Thank you, Amin. Yes, um, I thought Ms. Morrison looked really good tonight. I think that. They're going to be fun to watch, and I do like them versus New Day. I actually do have a little excitement for that tag team angle, actually. I think those, well, matches, real, those matches will be really, really good. It's interesting. Uh, given the way Morrison came back and uh, his spot in the Rumble, maybe wonder if this was going to be, almost be another EC3 situation. But, no, uh, not that bad, but not oh. as good as it should be either, which I believe – and he's one of my better friends, right? Like, uh, I say a lot of these people are my friends, but Morrison's been, like, definitely a top 10 friend yeah. for sure. Um, if I were to rank him, which I don't, because that would be weird. But you, you get what I'm saying. He's a good buddy. He's a good buddy. Um, started, like, when I started and everything like yeah. that. But so I take that. I am taking that out of the equation when I say I, I'm not being, you know, just being biased here. He should be a main event, a perennial main event talent on this show. There's no reason why not, but there will be. They will not treat him that way, but I do not think they'll treat him like EC3 either. Yeah. Right here. Tag team titles, this is where he'll be around. Intercontinental, you know, U.S. champion. I, I bet you he'll get another run at that at some point, but it won't be heavyweight, and it should be. Well, after this, we sort of saw the proof of why Heavy Machinery doesn't need the tag team titles. Uh, look how over they so, were backstage 
with uh, Otis and Tucker talking to Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville, and Otis uh, getting thanked by Mandy for her help or uh, for his help in uh, the uh, Thirty Woman Royal Rumble match, which led to Otis asking Mandy out for a date next Friday. Uh, saying she said she has plans next Friday, but she's free the Friday after Valentine's Day, and uh, the crowd just ate this up. I mean, very quickly. Heavy Machinery, Otis and Tucker have become like the Lenny and Squiggy of Friday Night SmackDown uh, and are just great for an audience pop anytime they appear. First of all, Lenny and Squiggy went over at least 80% of our audience's heads, but I definitely appreciate it. I always appreciated um, – which one was the taller one? Was that Lenny? Lenny, yeah. I always liked his jacket. I always thought he had a pretty cool jacket. And I oh, the Lone Wolf? When I was a little kid. I thought his jacket was pretty cool. It was, wasn't it like it was like orange satin, wasn't it? Uh, it was, uh, I believe, uh, red satin. Red red, satin. I, yeah, I thought that was a cool jacket. It, was and it originally said one wolf, and then uh, uh, Laverne gave him an L. So that was why he had the Laverne L, the lone wolf on the back. I am impressed. Um, I, I really am, actually. Um, but back to what we're saying here. <sighs> he needs to attach that cart to Otis so badly. If if he didn't, I would argue no one would even know he's on that roster. Yeah. Otis is the superstar of that. It's only a matter of time before I'm telling you right now, Vince separates them and I'll feel terrible for that guy. You know, but and it gives them an automatic over tag team. And for any segments that they need a tag team act that's entertaining, this is a go this is like too cool. I will keep going back to too cool. They remind me of them as how entertaining they are and how much more importantly they're over with the audience. Here's what's gonna happen though. I'm calling it right now. Val the reason she said after Valentine's Day is because I am predicting we're gonna have footage of her on a Valentine's Day date with one of the other wrestlers. Oh and Jesus. Otis is gonna watch it and we're gonna have to watch Otis watching it go on, and we're gonna really feel terrible for poor Otis. Oh, well, I hope not. I hope uh, it goes for the back screenshot of Otis uncomfortably watching the TV screen on that weird, uncomfortable looking angle that they film people watching the TV screen on of Mandy, uh, of Mandy on a date or something like that. Well, on Valentine's Day. It, well, it, yeah, it is for Valentine's Day that when they set their date to happen. So that could work, though. She could stand <laughs> him up and uh, and it's not going to be. It, yeah. No happy ending is not what you're seeing for these two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I apologize. I apologize. I, when I watched this, I thought I could have sworn they said the following week after. I apologize. So then if that's the case, that they are going to be doing it on Valentine's Day, then, oh, the the tomfoolery and debauchery that will be those two days is going to be huge. It's going to be pretty funny, I bet. It could steal the show if they did that it correctly. Could steal the show. It, it, I, you're correct. It could. I don't know why I thought she. They said it'd be the week after Valentine's Day. I was like, oh, because when I first watched this, I was like, oh, damn, poor Otis. They're gonna totally big dog him and take this away and like carpet pull, you know, from underneath his feet for this big date that he's probably looking forward to. They're gonna have him set up to take this Valentine's the the, day, the sorry the week after Valentine's Day date that he asks for, and then he's gonna be stuck watching her with another man. Well, uh, which. And this is the question. This is kind of the test of WWE creative Bruce Pritchard, Vince McMahon, the people running SmackDown. Are they going to give the fans what they want? Or is this going to be the Vince move of, oh, we pull the carpet out from under their feet. Uh, she's going to turn on him. She's going to yeah. just make him feel so horrible. And that's going to build instant sympathy for him and instant heat for her. It does build in instant sympathy because just the, the the idea I just threw out there I, as I'm as I was saying I, I was feeling terrible for the guy and it didn't even happen and it's not going to happen but do you know what I mean he's a great yeah. sympathetic character he really is it could go either way um, but yeah he's definitely over with the crowd in a big big way uh, yeah. we saw some of the aftermath of the strap match between the fiend Bray Wyatt <laughs> retaining the championship uh, against Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble and. What did you think of this, of how uh, much they were selling his injuries, that Brie wouldn't let their daughter see his injuries because they were too graphic, uh, really selling the severity, and no Fiend on tonight's show? I thought that was a good touch, though. Yeah. Well, anytime you bring family into it, 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 it makes it mean a little bit more. It gives a little bit more realism to it. Real, But I'm okay with with Bray Wyatt not being on tonight. I think that he's been on too much. And we were just talking about them starting to, to ruin him a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, time away will not hurt, will not hurt the fiend at all. 
Corey Springer with the $5 Super Chat saying, with all that talent, you'd think they would have shorter reigns to get more people over. Do you think WWE title reigns are too long? Are you kidding me? Corey I don't know. Springer, is that a rhetorical question? Because the, the knock always in WWE lately is the fact that people don't have, for the most part, the long title runs like when we were little kids growing up watching wrestling. Hulk Hogan with multiple year runs as, as your champion. Um, it, even the Intercontinental Championship at the time, guys didn't have it for just like a couple weeks here or there. Yeah, Greg Valentine and I remember Tito Santana kind of went back and forth, I do believe, for a minute there. But for the most part, you know, these champions had some pretty lengthy runs in it. And for me, it made the titles mean more as a little, as a little kid watching it. Well, we'll talk about this in a minute, but I feel like with Shinsuke Nakamura, they're saying, you know, tonight, oh, 190 days intercontinental champion. He hardly yeah. ever defended the thing. It was largely forgotten. So he had a long title reign with none of the uh, none of the benefits. We didn't no, get to see him looking. He missed pay-per-views. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. They did that as one last, you know, pat on the back to make it mean a little bit more that he was a champion because he was about to drop it, you know? Uh, Catfish Jones with a dollar ninety nine super chat saying more amped for Brody Lee leading the Dark Order. So that's the hot rumor right now is that uh, Luke Harper, Brody Lee is going to AEW. Uh, I've not seen that confirmed anywhere, so I guess I won't believe it till he actually shows up. I think it's great for him. He's an amazing worker. Um, he is. And yeah, I'd be happy for him to be happy in a company that he can have fun wrestling at again, and he'll be really good for them. But as the mastermind behind an entire group i don't know your big guy generally is not in that role normally when you think back to other very successful and important leaders of of groups of wrestlers right yeah yeah i mean nash you could argue it was more hogan at first for the nwo mm. it was kind of more hogan out in the front and then, and then Hall and Ash, even though they were much cooler than him, and we all liked them better than Hogan at the time, um, he was still kind of considered the leader. Um, as far as I'm just thinking of big guys that 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 were the leaders of groups. Who else? Yeah, the muscle is usually not the leader. Right, that's the word. The muscle, yeah. Which is a weird dichotomy. I'm even trying to think in terms of movies, TV. It's always, it's never the biggest guy in the group. No. Because then who protects? Yeah, it's, exactly. So now, you, I don't know. Maybe I'm proven wrong. I hope I am because it would be a great thing for Brody, Brody Lee. Yeah. So Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross tonight versus Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Now, this was odd. They didn't say specifically, I believe they didn't say that they would be the new number one contenders. I think they said uh, if they win, they're going to possibly get a shot at the women's tag team champions, Asuka and Kari Sane. Um it's a little strange the way they kept wording it, but Alexa and Nikki did pick up a win in this match. It was very weird in how they were saying it, um, which made me think that the other two were going to win because I know how undecided WWE keeps seeming to be with the other two girls as a tag team, you know, versus splitting them up. You know yes. what I mean? So I felt like that's why they kept saying that and covering for it, but and that's weird to say about, you know. Now, poor Sonya Deville, because her and Mandy are a really good tag team, but Mandy being so tied up right. in the storyline with Otis, it's that same logic. Oh, they don't need a title shot. Mandy's getting all the screen time. Right. But Sonya, who's a legit badass, great in the ring, is uh, the sidekick just sort of hanging out in this angle that has nothing to do with this. I still think this is all temporary. She can just hang in there and get through this BS that they're doing with her. I do feel she's going to – I really do mean this. I really do think she's going to be a very big star. hope so. She's one storyline away from it, it feels like. Like one big storyline. So we got the Intercontinental Championship match tonight. Braun Strowman versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Shinsuke had Cesaro and Sami Zayn in tow with him. And uh, this was a pretty uh, straightforward match. Braun looked really good. There tried to be some interference with Nakamura's team exposing the turnbuckle. But Nakamura, of course, got sent into the turnbuckle. WWE logic. That's how it always goes. Uh, Braun got a big power slam for Nakamura. The pin, the win, the title, his first big singles win. And, uh, I mean, he clearly looked happy. I think that uh, it was a great moment. But, yeah, I mean, 
we could do an entire podcast on how this is two and a half years too late yes. and uh, a mid-level title at that. Exactly. I, I don't think this is enough. I don't want him to be excited, not because I want to take anything away from him. He's another one I really like a lot in real life. I think he's a good good dude and he's a great talent. You know, one of a one of a kind type of talent, especially in today's day and age in wrestling landscape where they don't have giants anymore. There are no more big guys, really. Yeah. And he's not just a big guy. He's really good on top of being a big guy. And he's super over. So, you know what? I mean, I, I don't want this to be – I don't want him to be too excited for this because I don't want him just to, you know, put on a brave face. And um, don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's legit excited. It's Intercontinental Championship. I would. I've never won that, right? I would imagine yeah. I'd, I'd feel incredibly honored to win that too, to be fair. But – if I was wrestling singles matches versus Brock Lesnar, in which the fans were killing to have me win and were pissed at WWE for not letting that happen and I got to that level of superstardom as far as being popular and overgoes, I'd be pissed. That championship would not be enough. Um, and it would be heavyweight championship or bust um, if I was in his shoes. You know what I mean? Because that's that's all. It's all or that. It's all or nothing, rather. And considering him in that championship, because he is incredibly deserving of it. And um, anything less is just that. It's less, and he doesn't need it. The heat doesn't help him. Yeah, I mean, now he had the the tag titles before with Nicholas. Um, you can relate to that situation of being a monster singles act with two tag team belts. Yeah. Um, I mean, is that like sort of the ultimate appeasement to be like, well, you're not going to get the main championship. Yes. Oh, you're show how strong you are. You know, TNA used to do it all the time to, to me. Yeah. Definitely. You know, I go back to back main events uh, for in a singles match for the title. I'd lose to Jeff Hardy. Next thing I know, I'm tagging with somebody that I shouldn't be with and we're champions together. Yeah, it, it's totally, it's definitely appeasement. Well, so with the IC title, we'll see how this goes. Uh, it looks good on him. I mean, hey, it's something, and uh, it beats nothing. But backstage, Sami Zayn was furious. He was trying to rant with Cesaro and Shinsuke in tow, but Elias started his music, was taunting him. Cesaro came out, setting up Elias versus Cesaro. And uh, how shocked were you that Elias got the better of Cesaro tonight? No, I saw that. Con yeah, no, dude, they were not having Cesaro go over on him. It's so weird though. We see it in this chat all the time. We see uh we see uh on Twitter all the time people when's Cesaro gonna get that push? When's Cesaro gonna get that chance? Best technical wrestler in the business. Yeah, all those things could be very true, but it's yeah. not gonna happen. I think that ship sailed as far as WWE creative goes. Catfish Jones with the Buck 99 super chat saying Braun with the IC title looks like Rio. I, I'm not sure how, but I don't get it. I don't get I don't get it either. I just felt compelled to read it. Uh, <laughs> uh, JC Harrington saying, why does Vince McMahon hate Cesaro so much? One, I think it's the accent. Two, I think that being an amazing uh, tactician and being able to understand all of that is exactly what Vince does not see in a superstar. Uh, it's maybe the epitome of that Ring of Honor indie cred. Uh, and Vince almost has a gut reaction against that. But it makes no sense. It makes no sense because Cesaro breaks all of those stereotypes. He's not Daniel Bryan. Like Daniel Bryan, I would argue, is that indie-rific-sized wrestler that Vince hates and actually saw. And we saw that play out in real-life storylines with WWF at first, WWE first with Daniel Bryan. But Cesaro breaks and shatters those molds because Vince loves big, strong guys. Vince loves weightlifters and bodybuilders and people that are super athletic and strong and legit like that. Um, he also loves people that legit get over with John Cena, and John Cena really goes to the office and goes to bat for it, which he has done for Cesaro many times. Um, so it doesn't make – I don't know what, the, what what it is with him and what it is that holds him back, but I just do feel even if they did go to push him right now, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd care because it's been so many years that it should have like, – like we just said about – what's his name? Braun. This well, is even longer in the making that should have happened. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. So it's like uh, Natalie, longtime chat regular, saying so happy for Braun. And I think that's how we have to look at it, Matt, is it's that if there's guys that they've essentially written off or they're not doing anything with, we shouldn't say, well, too little, too late, glasses half empty. I think we have to be happy when someone like Braun gets the opportunity. Cesaro, hey, at least he's in uh, these segments with Elias. At least he's going to do something singles and not just being part of Nakamura's uh, backing mm -hmm. band. 
you know, it's something. I mean, yeah, but the way we're supposed to be watching this show, not really. We're supposed to be watching wrestling is um, who, whenever somebody wins something, it should be just super important. But it, because they, they have such a glaring spotlight on, again, I go back to Braun, that something should have happened for him a long time ago. It becomes frustrating because why invest in these characters when you know it's not going to go where you think it should? Yeah. Love this. I do, uh, yeah, I do think, by the way, Cesaro would be much better for NXT. It'd be better for him, too. Yes, King Kia the Law saying, how awesome would Finn Cesaro or Ch- uh, Ciampa Cesaro be C- in NXT? Cesaro slash any NXT talent. Actually, three matches. I would love to see Finn and Cesaro team against uh, Gargano and Ciampa. That would be a dream match for me. Yes, it would. Dude, he can make that would be a great, great move for him. And I think he'd get over it even way bigger, you know, because you get a chance to do what he can do. Yeah. Well, man, I just feel frustration, frustration, frustration. Shorty G tonight in his rematch from the Royal Rumble against Sheamus. And I think we could definitively say rise over size. Maybe not. Um, Shorty G's push seems to have come to an end here as he definitively lost this rematch from uh, against Sheamus, Sheamus tonight. On uh, the receiving end of a brogue kick for the pin and the win. Um, do you think this is it for Shorty G? What, what do you think they go with him from here? I I really don't know, but I know there was a huge sell job by Vince or whomever to the poor guy as to why Shorty G is going to work for you, like how I was st- sold that stuttering character, right? Um, I guarantee you backstage they did a huge um, – what's the word a huge production to try to get this kid to commit to it and he did commit to it i think (laughs) but i do really i can see vince getting all excited about it and why this is going to work for him and to embrace it and and then vince was probably into it for the first week or two maybe three and then he gets bored he moves on to the next shiny toy that's on his shelf that he takes off the shelf and starts playing with and poor shorty g gets put right back on there with with an amazing amount of damage because of that stupid name they put on him. Do you think Vince gave him the pitch in his office? And I wish Justin was here to do this correctly. Uh, or do you think it was like a, a college trying to recruit a top tier high school basketball player? And Vince took him down to the ring, put it up on the Titan Tron and was like, now everybody coming to the ring, shorty G. No, I think it was like similar to the stuttering character for me. Uh, I really do. I think it was, you need, you need an Achilles. Um, this is your Achilles. This is, you know, you've been, people get bullied all the time. Think about, you know, think about all the kids out there that can be fun of for the height. You're going to be fighting on behalf of people. You can see stuff like that. You can see him getting into that part of it. It's just, and they never would give you a guarantee. It would never be like, Matt, we're going to give you the stuttering gimmick. And then here's the three month plan. Here's a six month plan. And then here's you winning the title at WrestleMania. Now to be fair, Vince legitimately really does believe these things. I don't think he just does it to be a jerk or to be funny or to be cute or to be ribbing. I, I, I don't. He's a he's a billionaire. I don't think he's doing things, especially at this age, to rib people. I think he legitimately thinks this would have worked. But the problem, like many of the wrestling companies, is people have they're like allergic to follow up. They're allergic to follow through on certain things. And when you get an over the top character like that. Follow through is incredibly important. The talent can only do so much, but if somebody's not on the other end of that 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 lineup sheet with a pen writing W for you to win matches, it's all for nothing. You've got to win matches eventually. Well, there is a theory in business, and this is almost the Vince McMahon theory, by the way. I don't think he even knows that this is uh, akin to what he believes, but there's an idea in business which is called fail fast. I mean, go out there, give it your all, and hey, if it blows up and it doesn't work, you figure that out quickly, you move on to the next thing. I think WWE booking with a lot of these characters is very clear on that. And the reason why that idea is so prevalent in business is because they say you're almost better off looking for that thing that clicks immediately and is going to succeed rather than trying to uh, make a success out of a 50% idea or or, uh, a lesser idea. So rather than to work to make something succeed, just keep rolling the dice until you you strike gold and hit that jackpot. Okay, maybe that's something. But there's talents that suffer. I mean, you you 
can speak firsthand to that. You know, it's uh, the human cost, as it were, is not factored into this. Um, so Bailey tonight coming out to the ring with a smile, with a smirk, talking about uh, defeating Lacey Evans, retaining her title at the Royal Rumble, saying, damn, I'm good. Fans gave her the what treatment. Uh, Bailey says she got payback on Evans for injuring her friend Sasha Banks and forcing her to miss the rumble. Uh, she did all of this with Evans' daughter sitting in the front row. But now Lacey's daughter Summer has to look at her mother knowing she's a loser. And uh, she said she thinks it's a given that Charlotte Flair is going to pick her for a title shot at WrestleMania 36. But her music was interrupted by Naomi. I don't know if you saw this, Matt, but Naomi's entrance and uh, clips of her of the Rumble like went viral, not on wrestling Twitter, on regular Twitter uh, after Sunday night. She was perhaps uh, the thing that was being talked about the most outside of wrestling circles no, on Twitter. How did I miss all that? I was on yes. Twitter. So on W of, of what was talked about in the Royal Rumble, like Naomi, there was like a clip of her that got a million views that somebody else just randomly tweeted saying, Oh, I need to start watching wrestling again. Who is this girl? And, Wait, uh, she doing a clip. It was her entrance when she came in and it was just, uh, her doing, uh, when her and, um, Charlotte did the double in sync kip ups when they hopped up to their feet. There were a couple of sequences in there, went over huge. So a lot of people were worried Naomi wasn't going to get anything tonight, but she came out with an amazing entrance, got in the ring, got in Bailey's face, and uh, saying Bailey's, uh, Bailey's lying. Bailey says she's beaten everyone, but she's never defeated her. And Naomi, being a former SmackDown Women's Championship, thinks the title could use some glow. And the I next chance she get, she's gonna she's gonna go for it. Bailey dropped Naomi with a shot to the face. Naomi got some uh, offense in, and uh, Bailey recovered on the ground. Naomi danced around the ring before the Usos and Roman Reigns came out. But with Naomi, do you think that's what they go for the next title shot for Bailey? I'm okay with that. I love. Yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan. I think she's entertaining as hell in that ring. I think she's the best option right now. We have no clue what's going on with Sasha Banks. If they're not setting up a epic Bailey Sasha match for WrestleMania, I think uh, Naomi Naomi would be pretty darn good with the title. Isn't it amazing though, Matt? Everything they've done with Lacey to turn her face, Naomi looks like a hundred times the superstar. Lacey because Evans does. She is. She's been there longer and she's more developed. She just is. There's no question. Even though WWE, I think, disrespects her from time to time. Oh, they but definitely do. They do, right? Um, but not, yeah, Naomi, of course, she's a bigger star. She's been there longer and, and she's been, she's on Total Diva. It was on Total Diva. Is she still on that show? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, so, of course, she she just is a bigger star and she's, a, she's better in that ring. She's a better promo. All that stuff is true. And that's because she's, again, to be fair, She's been there longer, but and she's been over longer. And she's a former champion. She has this great pedigree. I right? have been so damn good for so damn long. I still think feel WWE has not fully realized her potential for their entire show, and they need to do more with her. So I'm all for Naomi coming in, whipping her ass, and becoming the champion again. I'm all for that. I think uh, she really exposed more of the cracks in Bailey tonight seeing Naomi in that ring versus Bailey. If you had an average person flipping channels and didn't know who the, who, if the belt had not been there, you would assume Naomi was the top female star in the company and Bailey looks like enhancement talent compared to her. Sure. I don't know about yeah. any talent, but yeah, 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 yeah. Plain clothes in the ring. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, she, she's not, a, Bailey has lost the character element of it. They never came up with a really good dark Bailey character. In my opinion. I agree with that wholeheartedly. They missed the boat on that. So the main event, loser eats dog food. Roman Reigns and the Usos versus King Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode. This is just so, so Groundhog Day to me. Yeah. And didn't you think Dolph Ziggler looked like, what's his name, Matt? What's his name from NXT? Oh, Matt Riddle? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. With that baseball hat on, his jacket. I don't know. A little bit, I thought he did. Well, and it's weird that... Corbin comes out in the, the, the cape and the crown. Ru, Bobby Roode's got the robe. And then there's Dolph Ziggler in a satin jacket and a baseball cap. Very weird. I agree. <laughs> like, they, they should be coordinating their outfits a little bit better. Um, corny, but, you, yeah, you should. When I wrestled, you did. If I was in a six-man tag with beer and money, um, if, I can get, if, I, if I can get my hands on red trunks, you know what I mean? I would. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I just think that's the pure aesthetic of it. You know, you want to look like you belong. You don't want to stand out in a bad way and certainly not as a, a lesser in the crew. Um, yeah. As uh, Tammy's pointing out, Michael Cole was so excited for this match. Which made it even worse. <laughs> the big dog. <laughs> Jewel Slinger saying, was that real dog food? It to me originally what they were showing looked like uh, like high school cafeteria, like beef stew with potatoes. Yeah, it, it was nasty. Either way, though, it did. It, it served its purpose. It looked nasty. My guess, based on what they poured on him, is I'm actually going to guess that was vegetarian chili. Whatever. Yes, still gross. Uh, anyhow, um, I mean, look, this match was what it was. Everybody got some offense in. Everybody got their spot. But ultimately, it was uh, Roman and the Usos that won. And uh, they cuffed King Corbin after they pulled him around, hung him over the ring post. Yeah, I'm not even sure he ate the dog food, actually. They just threw it on him. And Roman and the Usos proceeded to get dog food all over themselves, which, again, just from a logical point of view, like, Matt, if you were trying, okay, think back to like when you were a kid, think back like to the worst fight you've ever been. And, you know, if you were going to do something hypothetically gross to your opponent, like, I don't want to touch the gross thing. You know, it just defies logic. It, it does. But the entire, I hate, I hated the entire segment. Yeah. Not the wrestling part. The wrestling parts were, were, were fine. It's just the caveat of the dog food was so terrible. And in fact, that's what made it worse is that, okay, one, this match actually uh, was pretty good up until that end, but here's what they got to do. Stop putting these six guys in segments together. Like, <laughs> yes, you know, I would actually like to see Roman and the Usos uh, get into it now with Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn and Cesaro. That would be good. Change that it up. Good. Or, or Miz and Morrison plus one more or tons of different people. Yeah. Know. What do you do, though, with uh, Rude Ziggler and Corbin? Corbin's a singles act, continue to do his own thing. And then, uh, you know, Rude and Ziggler, I think a very another, another very good tag team, though. I think uh, Corbin would actually be pretty good short feud for uh, Braun Strowman with the IC title. Yeah, yes. That's a good call. Yeah. and But at the same, to, uh, same token, I could see Rude and Ziggler uh, getting fed to uh, Miz and Morrison. I'll be honest. I think Corbin, it would do more for Corbin to be the Intercontinental Champion than it does Braun. Yeah. Corbin's good. The segment is bad. And that's, again, I feel like that should be the disclaimer every every episode. We have nothing against these talents. Uh, most of them are capable of great things, but when they give them the shitty material. Yeah, but uh, did you hear what I hear what I said, though? Like, yeah. um, the... <sighs> Braun doesn't need that championship. Yeah. I I think Corbin, if you want to continue to make have his character grow, the, the Intercontinental Championship would mean more to him. Um, it, Braun's well past this. I just wonder with Corbin, though, do you think they're almost propping him up too much? I mean, we had the Andre Battle Royal that he won. He was Mr. Money in the Bank. Um, he uh, uh, was the constable of Monday Night Raw. Here he is with the king. Um, like, yeah, I'm hoping they almost. I, I want to see proof they could take the training wheels off of him and have him not have to have a gimmick to just be a top heel in the company. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you. If, if I was looking forward to him wearing that crown and walk around as the king, because I thought he would be hilarious doing it. Yeah, they haven't leaned into that as heavily as I thought they would. Me either. I thought they'd do a lot more with it. And this dog, he's a gimmick, right? Yeah. He, so there's your gimmick for whatever match he's involved in, whatever angle he's involved in. They have a built-in gimmick between him and that crown and that and the scepter and the robe, right? Now when you throw dog food in the middle of it on top of it, it's a gimmick on a gimmick. And then the original gimmick loses his luster, which is King Corbin. And you know what his gimmick should have been this whole time? Uh, I will I will defeat you, and then I will make you kneel and bow before the king. Like, just something really tie it in there. Go over the top with it. That's cool. Basic. Everyone could get that. 
everybody gets that. Yeah, I agree with you. The dog food thing is just silly and gross. It, it is. I'd be very embarrassed if any of my friends walked in the room while that was on. <laughs> True. Uh, let's see. So overall, do you have a grade? Do you have a rating? What do you think of tonight? Dear, middle of the road, C minus. It's weird that this is the network showing the Super Bowl on Sunday. Like Fox is so so invested in this, and the product isn't better. And Fox is investing big time into this. Are they still calling you to do the morning spots? Yep. There you go. Two two weeks in a row now. Um, but man, it's just you got to step up your writing. They they still don't put the onus on the writing. That still it drives me nuts. They put it on the talents all the time. They'll put it on the network from time to time. They will never point their fingers for whatever rhyme or reason at creative. And I just don't get why these people are so bulletproof. I don't get it. Oh, man, they get fired all the time. And blah, 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 blah. Um, it's, I don't know. I, I, what I mean by creative is not any individual creative team member, but the process of how the creative works. If it's going to be Vince's baby, then guess what? Then Vince, get, we don't need to hire 55 other uh, writers then. If you're going to say no to everything, then what are we doing? Just Well, we can, we can get some ideas from them here and there. You know what? No, you didn't need to do it before, back when wrestling was at its hottest. Why do you need to do it now? I miss uh, Road Dog overseeing SmackDown. Ryan Ward and the guys that were doing it two years ago. Yeah, I mean, don't get me like I said. There's certain people that are that are good and cre- that are good creative, but just in general, I would you know continue to. I'd only if this was my company, I'd want it to be a wrestler that did the creative, right? Like, and I wouldn't even call it creative. I just call it the damn Booker. Yeah. A couple of years from now, when Bruce Pritchard's able to talk about this on his podcast, I think we're gonna get some really good stories about what was going on backstage. I hope so. I, I really am interested in why they feel they need this type of creative. This yeah. One of it, and then really not pay attention to the, if, from what I understand, as much as maybe they should. I, I, I don't know. And as the chat pointed out, uh, Raj Geary on this very podcast did contend that SmackDown is better than NXT. Everybody tweet at Raj and give him crap about that statement. Hmm. Well, tonight sure as hell wasn't, but the stuff with the fiends, nah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I can't. I don't know. I'm trying. You know, if, if uh, you say a society can be judged by how they treat their least vulnerable, I would argue that the quality of a wrestling program could be judged by uh, how watchable its worst episodes are. And by that token, the worst episodes of NXT are just kind of like, oh, it was good wrestling, but it was kind of uneventful. Tonight has showed us what the worst episodes of SmackDown could be like. And by that measuring stick, I would argue NXT is a much better show than Raw or SmackDown because it never gets that bad. Why not judge it versus its best shows versus well, its best shows? But that's kind of easy, though. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're hiring someone for a job, Matt, if you're hiring someone to work for you, do you want somebody that's better than everyone else on their best day? Or do you want someone whose average day is pretty darn good. You know, it's like you want consistency and quality, not just is capable of the most, but actually delivers the most. Sure. As far as delivers the most goes. Yes. Yeah. I'd want that. So let's talk about speaking of NXT, the ratings this week, uh, closing the gap a little bit. AEW did their lowest rating of the year at 828,000 viewers during its broadcast on TNT. While NXT got 712,000 viewers on USA. One more time. Uh, AEW was 828 and oh. 712 for NXT. So it went down total again, the entire amount of wrestling watched by both shows. Right? Yeah, uh, I think so. Uh, historically, that might have been up a little for NXT. Uh, a- yeah, AEW that went down. Yeah, AEW did uh, go down. You know, I think that... Uh, it may have helped. Okay, so they did, pardon me, they did both drop this week. Um, but I think if there's a reason why they retained, and NXT did drop more than AEW. AEW dropped 43,000. Uh, NXT 57,000. Uh, was down 
I think NXT was probably helped by the finals of the Dusty and the uh, Broser Waits. People wanting in to tune in and see that. Even if you don't like the Dusty Classic, and we've been very critical of that, um, I think the Broser Waits have gotten really over, and people wanted to see that match, especially uh, even in light of uh, Riddle's uh, backstage confrontation with Brock Lesnar at the Rumble. I, I don't know. I disagree. I think that NXT tag title was a their, their tag tournament was a huge drawback for that show. I think the tournament was, but I think the Broser weights at least are a draw. Mm-hmm. Maybe the last yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. Uh, not who they wrestled against, though. Oh, the uh, grizzled young veterans? No, they should. They, they're very talented and they're awesome to sure. watch, but they're, I'm sorry they're not over, over to be closing. You know, NXT shows just yet, or American NXT shows just yet. Yeah. So I think that's all we got, man. I think uh, short and sweet tonight. We're going to be back Monday to talk about Monday Night Raw here. And uh, yeah, I guess we got TakeOver coming up in a few weeks. We got stuff going on. We're on the road to WrestleMania. Matt Morgan, anything to plug before we take this home? Yes, real quick. Um, can you go if you had do you have it in front of you to go over uh WrestleMania weekend? Oh, yeah, let me uh, it's on the Wrestling Inc. page, but let me get the info open. So, we are doing a meetup WrestleMania weekend, and uh, what we want you to do is we want you to RSVP for this because we are gonna have we're expecting actually a pretty decent turnout. We've already got uh, quite a, a few dozen RSVPs, and uh, it's not a huge venue, but it will be April 3rd from 3 to 5 p.m. at Rick's on the River in Tampa. Uh, Matt's gonna be there, Raja's gonna be there. Okay. Nick Hausman, Justin Labar, and myself. We're going to do a live podcast and a meet and greet. Now, there's no cover charge for this, so it's absolutely free. Highly recommend coming out. It will be good to meet everyone. Uh, maybe, ooh, maybe I should wear the outfit I wore to uh, 80s night at Disneyland the other night. No, Glenn. No one wants to see that. What would what, what we, you dress up as? Wait, you didn't see the, the photo I posted? No. Matt's not checking my Twitter. Uh, I, I was. I see your posts, I automatically like them. So if I didn't well, like them, I didn't see it. There we go. Uh, I was in uh, Zubas uh, from uh, top and bottom. Here, let me uh, share my screen. Yeah. Well, I figured, you know, Zubas were 89, but I figured, uh, you know, why not for 80s night? Rock this this look. Dude. Okay. That, that's pretty that, – that is definitely a statement. That, that was what – that's very well done, Glenn. Yes. And now you might think – Are those blue blockers? Uh, no, you know, I got the, I found there was like some shop, uh, on, uh, Hollywood Boulevard. And I was like, Ooh, these are like the Terminator X shades. You never see these anywhere. So I just, I bought a pair just for that alone. What about, you don't remember Amber vision? Oh, I remember all the blue box. Remember the sunglasses with the mirrors in the side. So you can kind of like see behind you. Um, now the funny thing is you might say, Glenn, you went out and got Zubas for a costume for this. Oh no, I I owned the, I owned those Zubas already bought those years ago. Uh, yeah. Where did you pull them out of? Where were they located in your house? Where were they? I did not find them. One, uh, the top was in a closet and the pants were in a drawer. Um, but in like your current drawer in your current, they were kind of buried. I, so here's what happened back. Remember when Mojo Raleigh brought back the Zubas and I was like, Ooh, they still make Zubas. So I went to the Zubas website. I ordered uh, a top and bottom and I have a Zubas tie, which I do wear occasionally for business. Um, but uh you know i wore them for like three weeks uh, people said you're not going to leave the house wearing those are you did you ever <laughs> get that from your wife like you're not going to leave like the question where you kind of know the answer she's looking for honestly i think she should be saying that to me but doesn't in fact <laughs> we could probably use more of her saying that to me and doesn't <laughs> yeah yeah but for this it seemed like an appropriate time they were very comfortable it's good times uh 80s night at disneyland was uh was just okay not as 80s as you'd want it to be. What did the missus dress up as? Uh, she had kind of like a Debbie Gibson hat and um, a very, uh, it's hard to explain the the sweater, but it was a very like color combination, like 80s sweater. And then, uh, yeah, she had the Debbie Gibson hat and uh, Pac-Man earrings. So it was good. De- it was good. Uh, call me stupid. What's the Debbie Gibson hat? Debbie Gibson hat. Uh, I remember it was like the little, uh, here, let's see, Debbie Gibson <laughs> hat. Uh <laughs> Here we go. Well, here, here's a picture of Debbie Gibson. Uh, with hat. With hat. Uh, no, it's not a good one. Um, I apologize, people. 
I'm, oh, the cover, the cover of the Lost in Your Eyes single. There you go. That's as good as it gets. Uh, image in tab, share screen. Roger's at home. Like, really? You guys are just talking about this? You guys are going on and yeah, on about that? Deal with it. Yeah, we are, Roger. <laughs> That's the Debbie Gibson hat. Oh, I'm glad you showed me because I do remember this now. Yes. Yes. Um, oh, man. Remember when Debbie Gibson was on top of the world for like a year? So she was like, over. so over. She was like the Taylor Swift of 1987. Um, it's crazy. She had that electric youth perf perfume that came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did she was the Tiffany the same time as Tiffany. yes, <laughs> yes. Um, oh, those were good times. Uh, oh, uh, WWE stock. We didn't talk about the story, but WWE lost the people co running the company yesterday. <laughs> the other executive in charge, uh, like stepped down uh, or left. Uh, stock took like a 25% hit today, it sounded like under 50 bucks. What's the deal with that? What so what what happened? It just that's all speculation. I mean, there are people that are like, oh, there's the earnings are going to be down this quarter, and they you know fell on a sword uh, sword to to compensate for that. I mean, I think we'll know the real story once we see the earnings report, which I think comes out tomorrow. I want to say. Hmm. I mean, I saw the comment from Vince, right? The quote. Yeah. That that what was it again? That they're going in two different directions. Yeah, I was just uh, so no. it's, it's a corporate shakeup essentially. Vince McMahon's statement said, "I would like to thank George and Michelle for their ten plus years of service and contributions to our organization. I'm grateful that all that was accomplished, but the board and I decided a change was necessary as we have different views on how to best achieve our strategic priorities moving forward." What, what's? I'd be really interested to hear like what are those differences? Yeah, like, the George Barrios want to put the strap on like. Zack Ryder or something like like what 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 happened? What am I missing here? What were these big differences? I don't know. I think we'll know when we see the earnings. It's uh, crazy the stock though. I mean, the stock is now worth half of the high that it was at less than a year ago. It was up to a hundred bucks a share like a year ago. Buy that stuff now. If it gets down to twenty again, I regret not buying it when it was at fifteen back uh, in twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, talk about a bargain. But yeah, it was up. Uh, yeah, in uh, April of 2019, it was up to almost $100 a share. And now here we are down at 48.88. So who knows? Uh, okay, he is at BP Matt Morgan. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. We'll catch you back here Monday night on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Buy low, sell high. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.